With spring football in the rearview mirror, what are some question marks that still haunt Boston College heading into the summer before the 2022 season? We're going to get into all of this in the breaking news from the day on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Make sure to check your work out there. Now, earlier this week, we dove in and talked about the lessons learned from spring practice. We we looked at Phil Dracovic and his health and the offensive line and who's going to be the starters there. And we looked at the defense and some of the question marks about the defensive line um, that came out of that. You know, some of the names that are going to start to pop up and how... Jeff Halfley's going to have to adjust to that. We also looked at the safety position and, and, and defensive backs as a position of strength. Today's episode is not, is to, we're taking off the maroon and gold glasses. We're going to look at some of the question marks still haunting Boston College heading into the summer. And there's quite a few, and it's not as rosy as you think it may be. So the biggest questions, all the question marks, I think actually are all over the place, right? And we'll start with the biggest one and the most important one. Kind of flipping one of the things that we talked about as a we know something about, which is the offensive line. We still don't know what they're going to look like in 2022. We know who's probably going to start, but how are they going to perform? I'm telling you, it is worrisome when you have to replace four of your starters from the year before. And not only are you replacing four of your starters, you're replacing Zion Johnson, who's one of the top offensive linemen Boston College has had in the last 20 years. He's a tease of first-round draft pick. You have to replace him. You have to replace Alec Lindstrom, who's probably going to be a third or fourth-round draft pick. And then two other guys, in uh, Tyler Vrabel and Ben Petrula, who could be playing in the NFL next year. That's a big, big loss for the Eagles. And so the question remains, how are the new guys going to play out there? I talked about Jack Conley, who's going to be the tackle for next season. He's going to be the left tackle, that blind side. If you've seen that Michael Orr movie about, you know, with, with the ketchup bottles and the salt packets or whatever that was with, um, with um, Sandra Bullock, you remember how that whole episode, that whole movie was based on how important it is for the blind side to be uh, a rock solid player on any offensive line. Now you have Jack Conley as your left tackle for next year. Now, remember how much he struggled in 2021. He was one of, he had one of the toughest outings I've ever seen in some of those games where he just was, he looked like he was on skates. And I am not ready to write off Jack Conley. This is not me bashing him. I'm just saying his play still leaves a lot of question marks because we don't know how much he's going to improve. And hopefully, the biggest answer to all of this will be the new def- offensive line coach, Dave DeGuglielmo, or Coach Googs, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. Now, he makes great tweets, but can he do the job on the offensive line? Because the more that I hear from people who that watch the film, that, that watch what BC uh, did last year and the last couple of years, the more I hear more and more chirping or, or, or comments, I don't want to say chirping, about... There, there were some issues with the coaching. There seemed to be things that were fixable that were not being fixed. So getting a veteran coach like Dave DiGuglielmo to work with four young guys 
that haven't re- well, and some of them aren't I when I when I did my depth chart on BC Bulletin they're not all that young they're just not experienced in game time when you put Googs with them I think that's a perfect match but again we don't know what they're going to do and that is going to be a major factor because if Phil Jakovic gets hurt I don't even want to think about that but if that was to happen because the offensive line isn't playing well then that's going to kind of put another damper on our season because you're going from Jakovic who is first-round NFL talent, to Emmett Moorhead, who is still trying to find himself. And I'm not saying that Emmett Moorhead can't get BC bowling. I'm just saying the expectations for the season takes a huge hit. So that offensive line really needs to have a big season for Boston College. And it's a big question mark. We don't know. There's a lot of interesting parts in there. You have Christian Mahogany, who I think will be a first-round draft pick as well. He's a guard again, which makes it harder. But he could be the top guard in the country. He certainly thinks he will. Um, and you're going to want to keep an eye on him. And then Drew Kendall next to him, uh, you know, a, a highly touted, one of the highest rated recruits BC's ever landed is your starting center. So Boston College has the talent there. It's just how are they going to perform together? And that is a question mark. We won't get the answer till until we see Rutgers at Boston College on September 3rd. And speaking of offense, let's go with our second question mark heading into next year. The offense itself, how is it going to perform differently than it did in years past? Because I do believe John McNulty is not going to run the same offense that Frank Signetti did. It's going to be the same basic sets. You know, you're going to have a pro-style offense. This isn't going from what we saw last year to like RPO or air raid. It's nothing like that. But he's going to add his different flares to this offense. And, you know, I one of my favorite tweets I saw, it could have been a tweet, it could have been, I forget where I saw it, but... It, a comment section, actually. I saw on, a, on, I think it was BC Interruption, had in their comment section, someone said, I wasn't impressed by John McNulty in the spring game. I know it was the spring game, but does it matter? It kind of does. <laughs> because as we heard after the game, Boston College only used four offensive plays through the entire game. And that, that really doesn't showcase what they can do. So their offensive scheme, what they can do, the way that they're going to present themselves on the field is a humongous mystery. What are they going to look like that's different? How are they going to protect Phil Dracovic better? How are they going to utilize his skills to get to the ball to some of those exciting playmakers? And then on top of that, how are they going to also use players like Xavier Coleman, Pat Garwo, and Alex Sinkfield, who can who need to get their touches as well? It's going to be an interesting new dynamic, and I'm excited to see how McNulty really changes how Boston College's offense runs because at times last year they couldn't do the small things and a lot of that might have been just because of the quarterback that they had but I think that having a new face and some new energy on that offensive side of the ball really could change how Boston College's offense plays so that's another question mark we don't know and even if I was able to see like full sets of practices you would not be able to answer that because there's no way BC is going to let that information get out. It's, it's it's Halfley's little secret. Halfley loves to keep things close to the vest. He does not like to give out anything that he doesn't have to. Um, and so, you know, offense is going to be a mystery again up until September 3rd. So this is another question mark. This Again, this one's not like concerning. It's more like we just don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, as they start their season off against Rutgers. Now, in a moment, we're going to look at the defensive side of the ball, and I want to talk about some of the question marks, especially on that defensive line, that you're going to want to know about. Now, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I start taking AG1 because I have... 
time to do it, and I want to have a better gut health with more energy, an optimized immune system, and I hate taking pills. And you know what? AG1 is so easy to use. I've been taking it for about three months now, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. It is everything that you need if you're trying to get yourself healthy. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Why are you going to do this? Because it's going to make you feel better. It's going to make your body feel better. And you're going to feel like this is going to change things in your life. Tons of people take multivitamins. But why do that when you can take something like uh, AG1 that has high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb? Many times vitamins, you just eat them and the body just kind of spits out all the stuff that comes inside of it. It doesn't actually absorb it into you. And that's not the case with AG1. Now, you want to make sure that you head on over to their website. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college. Take ownership over your health and pick up ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now for a big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune into Locked On NFL's draft live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked on NFL's Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Make sure to check out all of your NFL Draft uh, podcasts here on the Locked On Network. I don't know about you, but I'm getting really excited about the NFL Draft. I'm dying to see where Zion Johnson ends up. I want to see where Alec Lindstrom... I mean, like, I just love watching... I mean, there's nothing better than watching an NFL game and hearing a Boston College player that you watched their name get announced. And, you know, there's going to be a handful again that are going to get thrown into the pros. And I I get this feeling that as each year kind of goes on, more and more. Because, I mean, next year, you're going to have Zay Flowers, Phil Jakovic, probably Christian Mahogany, Josh DeBerry... Uh, Jaden would be you got to have a like halfway I feel like it's starting to, to really get some guys that are going to be NFL ready so um, it's exciting so make sure to check out the NFL network uh, drop podcasts on our, our network because you'll get some really good information and we're going to have Mitch Wolf on to talk more NFL draft before and after the uh, actual picks so let's go from the NFL to another question mark which is the defensive line now this is a bit of a repeat of what I talked about earlier this week you have the names of who's going to be there. And you look at some of the guys and you see players that have had extensive experience with Marcus Valdez, who seems like he's been on Boston College for about eight years now. Sheeta Salah, who's been there for, you know, he's in, he, in his final year. Tabuzi Wuka, who is a grad student who is now on his third year with BC. And then you will have probably Cam Horsley next to him on the defensive line. Now, if Boston College's defense needs to wants to take that next step, they have to get that press, pressure up front. And my biggest question is, can they do it? We've seen BC roll out this lineup before, and they weren't able to do it before. Marcus Valdez, as I've said before, is a solid player. Is he your top pass rusher, or should he be your top pass rusher? I, I, I have to question that. I, he's perfect as that Robin role in terms of like being the Batman and Robin. Like I would love to see Marcus Valdez lined up against a guy lined up opposite a guy like Harold Landry or Zach Allen, or, you know, any of the good defensive ends BC's even have even Wyatt Ray would have been interesting to see them together, but he's not. So 
you have to hope that someone on the other side will jump up. Will that be Salah? Can he get to where he might his potential might be? Because I have to be honest with you. I've said this before. Salah to me does not strike me as a guy that is an ACC defensive end. He's battled injuries. He makes plays here and there, but is he consistent enough to take that defensive end position to the next level? And I and I don't know. I haven't seen him do it yet. It's a big question mark. Or is does Halfley roll him out against Rutgers, see how he does a couple weeks, and then say, okay, do I go to some of these young guys? Because you got to get – Halfley has to start getting – Players like Donovan Azaraco, Nito Akpala, and Ty Clemens out there sooner rather than later. And you also have Regan Terry out there as well, who's the transfer from Arizona, who's also a defensive lineman. These guys need to start playing soon. And I don't, you know, if you have Salah and Valdez kind of blocking up those positions, it's another year that you have to wait. In addition, next year, both Valdez and probably Salah are both going to be gone. So then you're going to be tossing out two brand new defensive ends. It might make more sense to roll out one, really start to get them developed and have them ready next year. So that when you have Valdez and Salah go, you can say, okay, I got, you know what, Azaraku's ready. He has been a starter for most of, you know, he played situationally in 2021. He played more as a starter in 2022. He's ready to start. So my biggest question mark is, what does Jeff Halfley do with that defensive end position? Does he stick with Salah and Valdez and really roll the dice for, what I think, the third straight year with the two of them? Or does he really challenge himself and go with one of his underclassmen? Because I feel like that's what needs to be done. I don't really have any concerns about the secondary. I mean, the safety depth is a little concerning. But I'm not going to put them as one of my questions heading into the summer. I feel like the secondary is in good shape. But the linebacker position is something that I also have a little bit of concerns about. It's not the the players that are starters. Okay, so you have, if you're going to go with three line linebackers that can you know play at different points and moved around, you're going to have uh, on the edges. You're going to have Bryce Steele and Cam Arnold, and then your your Mike linebacker or middle linebacker is going to be Vinny De Palma. Fine. Those three guys, I'm totally fine. I think they're. I I think Cam Arnold is going to continue to develop. Bryce Steele's really exciting, and De Palma is a kind of a rock. You know what you're going to get with him, right? So those three are good. My bigger question mark is it's football, and I say this all the time: injuries happen. What happened? Who's behind those three that is ready to go? And that is scary. You have Jalen Blackwell, who's I think a redshirt freshman or a sophomore, but hasn't played all that much. And then after that. It's a lot of question marks. Is it Owen McGowan, who's about the same size as Vinny De Palma? Is he going to be out there? Or Casey Finney, who's also a redshirt freshman, both from Massachusetts? I mean, you're really starting to get deeper into the, ooh, what are we going to do if there's an injury? Because I'm telling you, you're going to have games where you're going to lose linebackers. Now, you can you can mix and match a little bit here. Blackwell's probably the most established backup that they have. So you have four. Usually they line up two linebackers anyway, so you can kind of fudge that a little bit and move like Cam Arnold to Mike, say if Vinny De Palma went down, or move some other guy, you know, move Blackwell to one of the other positions. So you do have a little bit of depth there, but I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at that linebacker position, and I'm a little concerned about that. So that's a big question mark right there: is what is BC going to do with that depth there? 
because that is something you're going to have to watch. And my final question heading into the summer is the special teams. Connor Lighton's fine. He's not a question mark at all. I know he shanked a few during the spring game. Not a, not a concern for me. I think he'll he'll figure that out. That was, you know, it is what it is. The punter position could be kind of fun to watch. You don't know who the starter is going to be. It's going to be Danny Longman, who, again, just like some of these other guys, I feel like has been on campus for eight years. Um, he's uh, reportedly the either the starting punter or a backup punter, but he's battling Australian freshman Sam Kandati. And who's going to be the starter there? I think that's another question mark. It's not a huge one, but obviously you want a punter that can do a great job. And yeah, we'll have to wait to see where that goes. So that is our question marks heading into the summer. Now, do you have any thoughts of questions that you have? Hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnBC. Make sure you're following us there as well. Uh, we'll get more into that in just uh, and answer your questions on, on Twitter. So tomorrow's show, we're going to continue talking about football. We're going to do mailbag. So if you have mailbag questions, you know you want to hit us up with that. Hit us up at LockedOnBC. Now, in a moment, we're going to get into some news items. Now, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find out the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs. If you're hitting up the NBA, you can check it out on Bet Online, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, this is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. As I said, tomorrow's show, mailbag time. So if you have questions, you know all the social media channels. Hit us up on Twitter, Locked On BC. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. We're everywhere. Just find us. Hit us in the DMs. Hit us in the comment section. We will get to your questions. Hopefully, there won't be too many of them this time. But if you want to talk football, recruiting, hockey, coaching, whatever you want to do, I'm happy to answer your questions. And then on Monday, as I said, I'm not going to give you the who it is yet. But we have a very special guest that's going to be interviewed by myself and Mitch Wolf. I'm telling you right now, he's a current member of BC Football, and he's an exciting name. You're going to want to hear this. This is our second BC player on Locked On Boston College in a matter of weeks. So you got this is another special treat for you. So make sure that you have Locked On Boston College subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Now for news, it's, it was a quiet news day for BC Sports. Uh, the big news uh, <clears throat> didn't even really involve Boston College, but again, I can spin anything to talk about BC. Now earlier this week, we announced that BC is playing Villanova in the Never Forget Tribute Classic in Newark, New Jersey in December. Now they're playing Villanova. Villanova is not going to have Jay Wright, their head coach. Jay Wright announced his retirement after 20 seasons with the Wildcats. Uh, he turned 60 years old and has decided it's time to, to hang it up. Now, he had almost 600 wins as a head coach. You know, he has a national, two national championships. He just went to the Final Four. Jay Wright was one of the best coaches in college basketball. And it's kind of a bummer because you want to always want to play the best. And the fact that Wright won't be there with Villanova next year is kind of a bummer. Because like, if BC was to beat Jay Wright, that's like, it's kind of a big deal, right? It's like beating Coach K. You you win against a very very good coach. It's something that you can build off of. So he's gone. Um, that being said, Villanova is not going to be going anywhere. Now they just it hasn't been announced yet. So Jay Wright hasn't officially announced he's leaving. But like, you know, Shams and. Uh, Wadge and Rothstein and all the all the national reporters are all tweeting it, so it's happening. It's gonna happen. He just hasn't announced it yet. Um, but he's gonna be replaced by what sounds like Kyle Neptune, 
who was his former assistant head coach before taking the job last year at Fordham. So, first of all, poor Fordham. Fordham is one of the worst historic basketball programs of recent recent history in the A-10. They were terrible for years and years and years and years. They finally hit lightning in a bottle. I mean, in one season... Fordham went from two and eleven during the COVID year to sixteen and sixteen last year. They went from, you know, a win percentage of like two hundred to a five hundred team in one year. That's what that's what kind of impact Kyle Neptune has because he he basically implemented Villanova's offense and their system in a school like Fordham. Now, poor Fordham, they only got him for a year. He's going probably going back to 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 Villanova, and he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be a coach that is gonna pick up where. Um, Right, left off. So it's not a huge loss. I mean, it's a huge loss because anytime you lose a coach like Wright, but when you when you can fill him in with his disciple, that is big as well. Now, speaking of coaching news, there's no real coaching news yet for BC Hockey in their men's search, uh, men's hockey search. The, the similar names are still floating around. The big ones are Greg Brown, who's in the USHL. You have, you know, he's. Uh, York's former assistant head coach. He's a big one. And he's a name I thought all along would be a, a big one for them. Mike Cavanaugh, who's the head coach at UConn, is another big name. Uh, Mark Dennehy, who coached Merrimack and now is with the Binghamton Devils. These are some of the big names that popped up. And then you have some of the reaches. I saw uh, Greg Carvel's name floating around from UMass. I, I don't see how that happens. No offense to BC. I just like – he has – of a cush position right now in Amherst. I don't I just don't see him leaving for Boston College. But stay tuned. You know, I think BC from what I've heard from different sources is that they're going to have a big search committee that former players are going to be part of it. Um and so it's going to probably take a little while for them to figure out who they're going to pick because this is only the sixth head coach of BC hockey and they want to get it right because as I said before, look what BU has done since Jack Parker's left. They're on like coach four in the last five years. So BC really wants to hit this right, and we'll have to keep, stay tuned to see what they do. Again, thank you all for listening. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we're going to do mailbag, get into any news items that pop up. It's an episode you don't want to miss. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC, and you know, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.